your sporting news, reviews and previews. This is the Sports Desk. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Sports Desk. You're on Sin. We've got a jam-packed episode right here. You don't want to go anywhere. I'm with Sam Manhattan, Jason Evans and Jerry M. Well, welcome, boys. How are we? What Good a mate. lovely intro. Weird. Yeah. That's strange. Feeling that, done, mate. That is an upset in a, and a half. And it's what a new an upset voice. we've had. <laughs> Sam, what a week. Good evening. Yeah, it's been a crazy week. And that's all we've got to say about that. Thank um, you. You've been listening to the Sports Desk. We'll catch you on Friday. Uh, no, no, we've been speechless by the amount of crazy things that have happened. And, uh, yeah, I was at Phillip Island this weekend, and yes. I probably should take some more trips like that because we've had some of the biggest upsets in AFL. The cricket's been getting exciting, and the Women's World Cup is continually heating up. But first, we need to hit the news headlines. What do we got, gents? We will start off with breaking news with the AFL. So... Buddy Franklin, we all know the name, we all know the hero. He has announced his retirement effective immediately after suffering a calf injury sustained in that Essendon game very early on. So he retires a two-time premiership player with the Hawks in 08 and 2013. Four common medals, eight-time All-Australian, um, 1,066 goals. So he's fourth time on that all-time AFL goal scorers list and 354 games. It's just... An incredible career that, you know, I don't think anyone's going to eclipse um, his goals tally in this modern day game, Forts Boys. Yeah, well, I mean, where, oh, where do I start with the best moments that we've seen with Buddy Franklin? I would probably say the golf against Essendon, against uh, Kale Hooker. Oh, here we go. <laughs> he just took the game on. And what a goal it was. And he always steps up in the big moments. I mean, grand final last year, not ideal, but he's a superstar. And um, I'm afraid to say we probably won't see a player like him ever again. It's almost appropriate that his last game is against Essendon because he that mm. was Buddy at his premium best, at his elite best. That was God mode for him in fairness. So to have it against probably the team he performed his best at, even though we didn't know it at the time, to get the win... And uh, for it to be against a rival like that across both clubs, that was probably the most appropriate thing to do. Other accolade, 13. 13. Another one would definitely be uh, kicking 100 in 2008. Yes. Round 22, 2008 it was. Same day, uh, it was against Carlton. It was the same game where Favola could have, if he had kicked eight goals, mm. he would have made 100 on the same night. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. Sam might be interjecting in a moment's notice about that particular game. Yes. Yeah, anything you got? Um, to- yeah, no. <laughs> no, honestly, Lance has had a, an amazing career. Um, and not only is he was a great player that we're going to miss, it's, it's era-defining. Honestly, when we go back in 15, 20 years, it, it, he's going to be one of those players that you just remember and not forget about. Like, we forget. We don't realise how lucky we were to see him because, the, as you say, Jerry, they don't come... Like that very often, and uh, he was one of the very best of, of, of the history's game. And it's just a shame he couldn't finish out the year. Um, an injury entering and retiring on an injury is not great. Uh, it's not how you want to finish. Um, but no one's ever going to remember that being the way 
That's not the player he's getting no, remembered. No, of course so no, it, no way. It, whether it would have been uh, they don't make finals or whether they crash out or whether he's injured or whether he's in poor form, it it is not going to be in, in part of any conversation just by the legacy he has left on the game. Even more highest, goal of the year against Cal Hooker in 2010. Yes. Goal of the year in 2013 as well, Liam. I think that was – was that the one where he leaps over the, uh, the oh, bloke yeah, on the Collingwood ground? Collingwood um, defender. And then yeah. he boots it from inside from, yeah, the centre. Oh, that was incredible. The memory. Sam, he has left. Yeah. No, it's it's definitely one of a kind. A couple of stats here. 5,244 disposals, 1,066 goals. Of course, that crazy moment last season. Uh, 354 games, two clubs. Uh, and I think he's something like four times. Oh, no, it's probably more than that, all Australian. There was a graphic I was looking at, but it is since gone. Um I'll try and find that. And it, it had everything, like the accolades this player has, has gotten. Um, and I'm sure it's gonna, he's going to get an amazing chair off this year. And then when, when we see him go round the, uh, the G in the, retiring the, in the parade this year, um, I think that's going to be a very significant moment. Certainly is. Uh, I'm going to paraphrase some Foo Fighters lyrics, I think. Sam and I are both fans, and uh, we're slowly converting Liam as the weeks go on. There goes our hero. Watch him as he goes. Thank you, buddy Franklin, for an incredible career. They played that multiple times. (laughs) <laughs> when yeah. he kicked his thousand skulls. Yeah, the they CG. played that. High Hopes, Panic at the Disco, Mr. Brightside. Oh, blast, yeah. Blasted that across the SCG on that incredible day. A sight we may never see again. Hopefully we do, but given how the game is played, maybe not so. Thank you, Buddy Franklin, mm, for an incredible thanks, career. Hopefully, maybe we'll even cr- prepare a little montage for end of year or something like that. But thank 100%. you. Thank yeah, you. That'd be great. Thank you. Jerry, next story. Uh, Stuart Broad, another retirement. So obviously Stuart Broad is our arch nemesis in the Ashes. So he's um, announced his retirement after the Ashes series, which will end effective probably today or tonight, or obviously. We are yet to find a winner. But So he's um, taken 600 test wickets for England um, at an average of 27.68. He's one of three England players to score... 3,000 runs and take 200 wickets, which is an incredible achievement. Um, he's taken 25 in test matches, and here's what he said yesterday in his press conference. So, I've had a love affair with the Ashes my whole life, and the thought of being able to bowl my last ball and face my last ball versus Australia is something that fills me with joy. So, um, incredible career by Stuart Broad, and as an English supporter, yeah, he was always giving me headaches, but an incredible bowler. Yeah, what a great ball. I mean, leading wicket-taker for the series at 36 years old, that's pretty incredible. And, you know, I love how he's ended his career being on top, not hanging on um, like some other individuals. <laughs> um, <Yep. laughs> I won't, but I will. <laughs> nah. um, yeah, and, you know, love, it or, love him or hate him, he's a great bowler. So... Um, England will miss him and they'll miss Jimmy Anderson when he retires, you know, whenever that is in the future. Named him. <laughs> Another era of English cricket coming to an end. Insane. Have you got any uh, main stories we want to break down for with you, Mr. Menhennet? No, I don't. I've, I've been wrapped up tonight um, in the massive impending Matildas game that's going to be um, at Amy Park. I've spent, <laughs> I spent a couple of hours today on the ticket resale site, just trying my luck to see. Uh, it's a shame that such a massive game in Melbourne is only going to be held at Amy Park with his 30,000 
seats. So, and I even mean, more of a travesty, it's not going to be attended by our one and only Sam Manhennet. Yep, that's a shame. FIFA, if you're out there, <laughs> I'd like to go to a game before it goes. Red, they're, a bit um, like, they're a bit like Red Rider, the lunatic fringe. We know you're out there. We know you're out there, FIFA. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so that's taken up a lot of the stories. And then, of course, I've been distracted about how the AFL went on the weekend, which we will talk about later because that was uh, made for a great weekend. Certainly will. Uh, Liam and I will be breaking down the Ashes. We've also got a bit of a... Jerry, have you been keeping up too? Yeah, with the Ashes. Um, oh, yeah. Interesting final days, so I'm looking forward to the that. Three of us will break that down. We've got some big previews in the Women's World Cup and uh, Australia v Canada's tonight, and that's going to raise the tensions here in this studio. And also, I just thought just bring up one final thing. I was at Phillip Island on the weekend for the Phillip Island six-hour relay. I've got the program here. Here's Sam's reaction to that. It's very exciting. We'll be seeing a, a special on that on In Pit Lane on Channel 31 this Thursday. It was a really fun event, by the way. Six-hour relay motorsport. wasn't <laughs> open to the public, but it was kind of like... It was similar to, if I compare it to athletics, you get your car and then you do your laps and you have yeah. to average a certain time because it's a more of a regularity event as okay. to a standard you know, first cross the line wins. And uh, it was a really fun event. There were some really exotic cars on offer and I got to take some good photos. It was a good weekend. Thursday in pit lane, nine o'clock, you'll get to see some of uh, Brett, Doc and mine and Jaden's camera, handy camera work of play with some local motorsport. Nice, some, nice grassroots motorsport, Sam. Awesome. Well, we look forward to that on the show today. Um, massive cricket preview, Ashes, the last one, the last Come On Aussie Come On for the year, I think. <laughs> oh, well. Until the actually, next big Aussie series, campaign. Which is in the summer. Yes. All right. Well, we'll get excited for when that comes around, of course. Um, and then we have a massive Matildas game and FIFA World Cup weekend to go through. And then AFL which was one of the most craziest <laughs> rounds of footy I have ever seen. Oh, listeners, brace yourselves. You braced, Jerry? Yes, I am. Let's go through a song, Liam, and uh, we will uh, be back to dissect it all. What a whip around we'll have. All right. Well, when we come back, it is the cricket. This is the Sports Desk on Sin on your Monday evening. Foster the people on the Sports Desk. Sit next to me. And it's time to talk some cricket. Sure is, Sammy away, Boy. Uh, pretty um, dramatic stakes at the moment. The Ashes is right on the line with Australia needed needing 249 runs to win the Ashes 3-1 with a day to play. And now... Australia in their second innings are off to a flyer, zero for 135. David Warner, he's been maligned, but he's still hanging in there. 58 not out, and Usman Khawaja, 69 out. And no one really expected this. They needed 386 as a target to win, and there's some really real um, talking points that we need to uh, mention, including, in my opinion, I'm not sure why Mark Wood only bowled three overs. Um, it's pretty much insanity, apart from you know, if he's injured or not, and it might cost them the Ashes. If Warner helps win Australia the Ashes, I think he'll be entitled to uh, retire at his own accord and retire when he wants to at the SCG this summer against Pakistan. And with 
Moen Ali. He's been injured with a groin strain. And the inclusion, a late, desperate inclusion at the start of the series has really come back to bite England. And they've got really no spinner with Joe Root bowling nine over zero for 39. And he's really struggling at the moment, Moen Ali and the England bowling lineup. Jazza, what are your thoughts? Yeah, it's um, interesting to see here because, as you said, Wood hasn't bowled much. James Anderson, who's 41, is taking the bulk of a load, bowling 10 overs, none for 34. Um, and Brute right now hasn't been bowling very well, as you said. But So England in that second innings, we'll quickly recap here. They made 395, uh, Route top scoring with 91, 10 fours, 1-6. Bairstow with 78 and Crawley with 73. So the wicket takers there were Mitch Stark, 4-400, and Murphy, 4-410. England were able to score runs very quickly at a rate of about 4.5 per over. So They were um, whacking it around yeah, the park, they were. weren't they, Jerry? So it wasn't good for Australia with a bowling, um, you know, bowling pretty wide. Um, Does it leave you with optimism, though, that Murphy was able to take four? Yeah, it is, because obviously Nathan Lyon's going to be out for the long term. He could be out this summer as well, so we're not sure where his injury right. progression is. Um but then in reply, Australia very, like, very much surprised me because that pitch is um, obviously deteriorating day four, day five. David Warner manages to smash a half century, 58 not out off 99 balls, nine fours, and his partner in crime, Usman Khawaja, 69 not out off um, 130 balls, eight fours. And they're not for 135 with a whole days of play, 250 needed. This could be... The first series or Ashes win in England since 01. I don't want to jinx it here, mm. but this is looking very good for us. They can't lose. I mean, get a chicken if you want, but 10 wickets in the shed and, you know, a bit of rain coming. You can block it out yeah, if even you're if, yeah, yeah, even if Mark Wood starts uh, knocking over their top order, they can still block it and hang in there for a day. They've definitely been capable of it. They showed signs... Uh, in the fourth test to do that with Marnus Labuschagne even in the first innings getting nine off 80 balls really hanging in there mm. so it's it's a real um, conundrum for England I would chicken it for one reason one reason only <laughs> Warner might not last he might play <laughs> a silly shot other batters. Get... we do have nine other batters but if I want to see at least Warner or Kawaja hitting 100 exactly we just need one person to make a big score yes. not 50s and 40s that's not going to win us the game two 80s I can live with yes. but that makes it a bit of a challenge <laughs> yes. I just I, from Warner and both Warner and Kawaja's performance for the vast majority of this test I, I'm very hesitant to say that they're going to keep this form going deep into day five Exactly, and the sort of basball mentality, there was a lot of soft dismissals in that second innings with Ben Stokes getting out, not to a great ball, uh, Harry Brook as well, uh, Johnny Bairstow. So their basball does help at times but can uh, really hurt them. Final comments, Jerry? Go Australia. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's oh, the key, I was Sam. just going to say... Um, what would you rate this series overall? Because there's been a lot of up and downs. I mean, the first few tests was unbelievable. The atmosphere at Lords in the long room, oh, the yeah. sledging, the Nathan Lyon and Pat Cummins partnership when no one really believed that they could do it. So, ben Stokes nearly winning exactly. again single-handedly. <laughs> I mean, Time was snuffed out. 
Ben Stokes, when he's in that sort of form, he is almost unstoppable. So credit to Australia for finding a way to win those big moments that they probably didn't do last time in 2019. But it's also incredible by the uh, the, the incredible depth that has uh, been laying waste across England. When it's not been Stokes, it's been Wokes or it's been Wood or it's been Bairstow getting 99 too. They have bowled really well and their ability to swing the ball um, has been absolutely vital, which Australia compared to them probably are more seam bowlers and create more bounce. But with the pictures of how they've curated them, it's... Um, it's vital to swing the ball. And that, Sam, is our Ashes preview. Ashes, all right. For the last time, then. Come on, Aussie, come on. Come on. Come on, Aussie, come on. <laughs> Are we the only show that does that? I wonder. Anyone that talks about cricket. I can assure you, this is probably one of those very few sports radio programs where the hosts actively barrack. For every minute detail it's that depends on the world of sport, we have to be the only one. And we one. openly, you know, banter and the teams that we, I mean, you've heard me cry about Carlton on here lots of times. <laughs> thankfully, <laughs> thankfully, not today. Well, All right. When we come back, World Cup time, Matildas, it's your time tonight, Amy Park. Oh, it's going to be massive. We'll talk about that all next on the Sports Desk on Sin. Gold frap. I've just realised I haven't said it out loud before. So gold frap. Ooh la la. And um, I don't really know really how to transition this. Um, I hope we're saying ooh la la after tonight's amazing performance for the Matildas. Oh, that, that was terrible. I won't even hide from that. Um, but it's going to be absolutely massive and it's time to talk about it now. And before we get to chat, Channel 7 have put out a very special promo that'll all get us very excited for tonight when everything kicks off at Amy Park right here in Melbourne at 8. And the Matildas, 8 o'clock is the time. Channel 7 and Optus Sport. And if you're there, you are so lucky because you're going to be witnessing history tonight um, as we hopefully make a return and save a spot in the round of 16. Um, it's been such a massive opportunity. Matildas have been so good for so many years and we finally get a time to prove it in front of a home crowd. It's going to be massive. And, of course, we were doing it the hard way. Canada, 8pm. Jerry, how are you feeling? I'm very nervous because the starting lineups obviously don't get announced until an hour 45 minutes before um, the kickoff. So Sam Kerr, I believe, needs to play starting from minute one for Australia to win. Like, despite her injury, she's, yep. she won't be 100% fit, but uh, we just need her with the leadership qualities, the um, prowess with scoring. And as we know, Mary Fowler's got a concussion, so I don't think she'll be playing alongside Caitlin Ford up front. So we need the captain there, or else it'll be pack your bags, game over. 
Quick question, Jerry. What would be make a difference between if Sam Kerr was instead not at minute one but subbed in later on? What difference does that make? I think, yeah, just like the leadership is crucial because um, like Australia in that game against Nigeria kind of switched off in that 45-minute mark when Nigeria hit back. So just leadership um, in terms of possession, you know, pressing up the field, little things like that do make a big difference. And if you don't have a leader from, you know, the initial stages and that could be a problem yeah apparently Sam Kerr training was just stretching she wasn't actually doing any drills so that's a little bit concerning and might affect her chances of starting but for me I think they were pretty sloppy at the defense uh, against Nigeria a lot of the goals were probably preventable so they really need to sharpen up their defense if they're going to have a chance against Canada Sam yeah, well, I think so much of the Matildas game is built around her, and obviously they've struggled, as we've seen. Uh, so I, I agree with Jerry. She may not play the full 90 at all, but I, I think she really does need a start, even if she doesn't make towards the end, because um, we've we just seen the types of plays that they were making were for her. Um, it's hard, though. It's it's an interesting way of coaching, and, and we know she's so good, but to have your whole game plan structured about one person. It is amazing how much she makes difference to the team. And just overall, as you say, Jerry, leadership uh, and the mentality of some of the players would just be very, very comforting. Um, and, uh, yeah, I guess with training being a bit destructive, I think <laughs> that the stretching was maybe a good idea with the concussions that we had early on. But uh, as we heard Bruce say in that little preview there, Canada – uh, Olympic winners and uh, really hitting their strides. Uh, I wonder if you've got some of those results, Jerry, from their uh, couple of games so far. While you find that, I will give you some of the live scores right now because there are two games underway, Costa Rica and Zambia. Zambia are 1-0 ahead in the 29th minute uh, in New Zealand right now, uh, as well as uh, in Wellington, Japan are up 2-0 against Spain in the 30th minute. And while the Canada and uh, Australia are playing live tonight up in Brisbane, Ireland will be facing Nigeria at the exact same time. So we'll be keeping our eyes on that as well because obviously goal difference now comes into play a lot. This is going to be very intense watching tonight. Jerry, do you have those other results? Yeah, so um, Canada initially drew with Nigeria in their opening match. So that was just a nil-nil draw. And then in their second game of Group B, uh, in Perth Rectangular Stadium, they drew. Oh, sorry, they defeated Republic of Ireland two one. So then now they're leading Group B and will go through automatically. So they should go through. And then now Australia's um in a battle with Nigeria to get through to um the knockout stages. So this is critical for Australia. It's a must win match or a draw possibly because of a goal difference. Um, so. We want the Aussies to start off well, yep. like they did against Nigeria, um, put the pressure, hopefully score very early on, and then, you know, use the tactics right. Um, can't be sloppy. I direct this question to yep. Sam here. How many goals would you want the Matildas to score for you to breathe a bit of a sigh of relief in the context of uh, goal differentiation in this group stage? Oh. Well, that's hard because it all depends on how many goals they score in the other game. Because right now, if you can find that again, Jerry, <laughs> on the table. <laughs> Pull it up, uh, Jerry. I think we are like one behind them currently. 
Yeah, we are one behind him. Um, okay, so I'd, I'd say, and I don't know how they're going to play tonight, whether it will be high scoring or not, uh, but I think for our sake, <laughs> we need it to be. So uh, if we can get a, a two or three goal lead, but I it'll be know. tough. I don't ever be comfortable. Because even in that uh, Island game that we played for the first game, we just switched off towards the end and we just showed how easy it was. I mean, we're lucky that Ireland didn't make us pay and score in the end, but uh, uh, we've seen how easy it was that to let some a couple goals in by Nigeria. So I think they'll straighten those things out. Um, and uh, I th- hopefully this will be one of those moments that we think back on, like uh, with the men's where we uh, had to face Peru to make the World Cup um, and it being such a big challenge and now... Hopefully we can look ahead for the round of sixteen, and mm. however further we progress, and go that this was a pretty crucial win. Yeah. Um, what else in the group stages has been capturing your eyes, Jerry and Sam? Um, there's a few Scandinavian countries doing really well that I'm really enjoying. So obviously the heavyweights, Sweden, number two ranked um, FIFA team, they defeated um, one of the other teams five nil. So that was a huge game. Um, and possibly they could be a tilt to win it. So they defeated Italy 5-0, who Italy coming in were one of the FIFA 6 favourites. And also Norway um, on Sunday defeated Philippines 6-0. So they're another possible contender because um, they knocked out Australia a few years ago in that 2019 World Cup. So um, watch this space for those two teams. Um, one Norway's in Group A and Sweden's in Group G. So interesting there. And just quickly before we wrap this up, Australia has never beaten Canada in its history of um, playing each other. Canada's beaten them three times. They've drawn <laughs> four times. So, you know, um, wow. we want the Australians to really flip the script here. Today's the day to change it and we fully back them in. Yeah, we 100% do that. Uh, it's going to be a massive opportunity for them um, and again, as I say, I'm so envious of all the supporters who are out now around Melbourne getting ready to witness some history tonight. Um, and it's going to be, I'm sure it's going to be an amazing atmosphere at Amy Park. I just, I always just want to, almost just want to go in there just to see what it looks like because what FIFA have done with the pitch and the stadium and the upgrades, it's made it really good uh, that hopefully we'll get more out, more use out of uh, th- throughout the year. Um, but yeah. Go Matildas. All right, when we come back, <laughs> crazy footy round to review. Um, Brace yourselves, Jerry and Liam. I think we're going to get oh. some celebrations today. <laughs> oh, here we go. Buckle up. Buckle up. King Stingray looking out on the sports desk on your Monday evening. And, uh, well, I've been waiting for this moment for a long time. Five years, in fact. It's time to talk about AFL and round 19. Now, boys, we had a crazy round of footy. If you haven't ever tuned into a round of footy before, wow, you've just missed something spectacular and what we call a fantastic round of upsets that really has um, really swung the pendulum uh, with the ladder. Many things, snakes and ladders going on. But we'll start off with Friday night, and it was a fantastic win for the Blue Baggers. 17 points over the bitter rivals, Collingwood's 10-16, 76-14, 9-93. 
Oh, I was in the stands, got to sing the song, um, and it was a beautiful game. And I think it was a realisation to the rest of the footy world what this club has been brewing for so long. What Can you smell what they're cooking? Well, yes, you can now. Who would have thought um, Sam would make a rock reference? To... <laughs> Sorry, what did you say? Who would have thought Sam and Henry would drop a rock catchphrase on us? <laughs> well, I didn't realise it was, but we had a membership promo. Can you can you smell what the blues were cooking about ten years ago? And we did weren't cooking anything then, but we are definitely cooking gas with gas now. Massive game. Who would have thought Charlie Kerno six goals uh, in a game against Collingwood? Martin three goals, one Jeremy Howe three goals in a a good late quarter from, from him, him, but it wasn't enough. Uh, Motlop with two, Owies one goal, two disposals wise. Nick Dacos twenty eight. His brother, 27. Nick Newman, 27. Um, Blake Akers, 23. But uh, before we get into the discussion of the game, I just have to find this song because I haven't played this song oh, for very, uh, a long time. Uh, oh, here it is. Band called Overreactor. Uh, I love it when Collingwood choke. It's football's greatest joke. They've lost more grand finals than any other team. I love it when Collingwood choke and they can't get the ball to cloak. They've got so yes, no, it's um a pleasure. Finally, pies. All right, I will stop my gloating now, but it's uh, been a long time. I think the only way we can summarise this is in one sentence. That's the best win in for Carlton's of the Carlton Footy Club in probably a decade, and this also proves that Collingwood are human after all. I'd say so. I mean, Carlton smashed Collingwood in contested possessions. They had plus 21 in contested possessions, which was Collingwood's worst first half this year. So Cripps and Kennedy and all those guys really dug in, and I thought Darcy Moore would have done a great job on Charlie Kerner, but he didn't kick six. So, well done, Blues. And, uh, <laughs> you know, they'll play St Kilda and get pegged down. And, well, oh, yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> uh, Carlton are playing a lot better than St Kilda. So, anyway, um, but that Kerner-Moore matchup was the one I was talking about on Friday. So, Moore, All-Australian form, but so is Charlie. So, it was interesting to see Charlie get the wood over him and, you know, a few free kicks there that, you know, looked a bit um, interesting. But, yeah, anyway, we might move on to Saturday's game. So, But before we do that, yeah. I just oh, want Even more like, gloating. <laughs> no, just I, th- I think it's um, – and personally for me, I couldn't enjoy that game. I did enjoy attending the Port Adelaide game uh, and being – and that was really fun. But I was so stressed. I was waiting for the impending Collingwood team that was going to come back. Oh, they and tried it. Just it didn't happen. And I couldn't really uh, – I mean, I haven't watched the replay yet. I need to do that. But uh, I was just so stressed. I got a headache during the third quarter. <laughs> um, but uh, – <laughs> Tough times. No, it was a good win and uh, makes for an interesting couple of weeks. But, yes, we will move on to Saturday now, Jerry. I apologise. Um and uh, that was an interesting turn events at GMHBA, a seven-point win to the Fremantle Dockers, and which a stat I should have included, they actually have played well at GMHBA that we mistakenly <laughs> left out. Um, and they've had a couple of thrillers there in the last couple of years, but seven points for a team that wants to make finals. Fremantle, <laughs> this team we've been giving crap to for not 
being around. Where does this come from, Jerry? Yeah, I was at that game working actually. So with Geelong, they looked very sloppy and just tired in that game. Like you can tell by the um, goal kickers here, we want to have a quick look there. So Schultz, Frederick and Corbett from Freo all combined with two goals each. Um, Hawkins and Henry with two, but the issue there was the goal kicking with the Cats. They were 10-11-71, um, sorry, 10-11-71 Freo defeated Geelong 9-10-64, but in that, um, the 10 behinds for Geelong, Jeremy Cameron kicked five behinds and like every time he had a set shot, he had three set shots, um, two were getty ball from 30 metres out and he just missed a few, um, one hit the post and uh, also considering Hawkins um, and if you, another one done his hamstring. Blitzarves. Blitzarves, yeah, yeah, that's a one. So they lacked a bit of um, finesse in that forward line and yeah, it goes to show that um, yeah, Geelong, I don't know, they're just fading a little bit. Did you have Jerry the chicken on them making the finals? Yeah, so I, I, I chickened um, Geelong and Richmond to make for finals. Okay. Yeah. So that's still on the cards. <laughs> still, yeah, it's still alive. Interesting one. Um, so well done to the Dockers, sticking the anchor into a few teams trying to get into the eight. But, well, cross up the highway to Ballarat, and it was another thriller, the modern rivals. Uh, but the Giants come back and got up by the dogs, over the dogs by five points um, uh, in a game that's very interesting. Toby Green just keeps dominating. Five goals, two. Riccardi, three goals, one. This surge of orange is just consuming the AFL at the moment. Yeah, they really couldn't find a matchup for Toby Green. So couldn't the Gold Coast Suns with Will Power and Ben Long struggling. So they tried Taylor Duray. He was okay at times, but as you said, five goals. He's unstoppable at the moment, and he's really leading from the front uh, as the skipper. Yeah, I thought the dogs were um, really good early on. They were up by six goals um, at halftime. And then afterwards, Toby kicked a few, Riccardi, three goals, one. Um, and yeah, Whitfield, 36 off of midfield. They just looked like that team from a few years ago when they made their grand final in 2019. So that team, we can't count out the um, Orange Army here. It could be a tsunami heading into finals. So, <laughs> How much higher up the ladder do you foresee them rising at this point? Well, I feel like they could be hosting a elimination final, which could give them another round into the semi-final. So um, wow. watch this space here because they are flying. Well, Josh Bruce sadly did his ACL and Alex Keith got concussed for the third time this year. So they were really down in their key position stocks. So bad news for the Bulldogs and Josh Bruce especially. Yep, the Q clash was an interesting one. Um, interesting? <laughs> what are you talking about? Going Gold Coast. On. Wasn't much to talk about, I reckon. I know. Yeah. Um, um, you go, Sam. Go on, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Game of Scissors Rocket. <laughs> oh, nah, well. Ben King. All right, we'll start off with him. Yeah, so Ben King. King brothers have been a bit quiet this year. Ben King kicked five <laughs> goals, one. Um, his brother Max obviously is the touted one, but he shone there. Levi Casbolt, former Blue, um, should not have. Um, he left Carlton, but he kicked two goals there. Um, they just looked really good off the midfield. Um, Brisbane looked very sloppy. 
I think Will Ashcroft is a huge loss, as I said last week. Um, and yeah, Miller, best on ground, 29 disposals. Noah Anderson, 29 and a goal. Flanders off the defense, rebounding 32 touches. Um, I just think, you know, Brisbane have their off games and, you know, they could exit in finals again. Yep. So Gold Coast, um, big win from them. 41 points too. Massive. Yeah. Um, stats, uh, Liam, what did the Gold Coast show that they haven't showed for the last couple of weeks? Well, just on the Tuke Miller tag on Lockie New, as you said, Jerry, kept him to just 17 disposals and Tuke Miller had 29 disposals and eight tackles. So... That was probably the Lockie Neal's quietest games. And when you can stop him, you can sort of have a chance. Mm. Saturday night was a, a wild one as well. Um, and what we thought was going to be the big thriller game wasn't. Um, but the opposite one was. Sydney Swans by two points. Jason, the Bombers surprisingly actually showed us something. I was watching the Ashes instead of this. <laughs> oh, no. Surely not. I was in a wonderful house in Phillip Island. <laughs> Preparing the motorsport, hearing some old Channel 31 stories from one Brett Ramsey while the cricket was playing and England were batting away. I, I didn't see this game. I was too nervous. And I checked the scores and they were 20 points down with 10 minutes to go in the final quarter. Okay, it's going to be 40 points by the end of it. And, hey, death, taxes and Essendon and Sydney have a close game. But in all honesty, yep. Sam, I can't – I haven't watched it, but from what I understand, and just history has proven it, if one team either runs away with it, it's going to be a Sydney win. And if it gets really close, Sydney still win it. So there you go. <laughs> Langford and Peter Wright, massive from them. Five goals for Cole Langford and four goals, one for uh, two metre Peter. Zach Merritt got 39. Uh, Errol Goulden for Sydney, though. Uh, a goal and 37 for him. Um, Two-point win. It really came down. If there had been a couple more seconds on the clock, maybe it could have gone the other way. But... Uh, Definitely. Um, and then, and, then, and Liam. Yeah, so the Swans lost the inside 50 count, 47 to 68. However, they made more marks inside 50, 17 to 12. So they had a bit more polish. Errol Goulden having a great season. He should probably make All-Australian on a wing. And then you got Joel Amati, who stepped up in Buddy's ab- absence and had six marks inside 50. So that's good to see. That's a big criticism of the, of the, the Bombers this year. They can't mark inside 50 with any dominance whatsoever, as some of the great key forwards Peter of the Wright, game are right really now. really struggling, isn't he? He's proven he was a Gold Coast reject at the moment. Oh, but, uh, despite the, the, at the I'm a, goals, mate. He kicked four goals, but <laughs> Clunkus contested mark, Peter. Come on. Show some strength. 47-point win to the Crows at Adelaide Oval in the showdown. 47 was. That's news to me, really. Yeah, That's insane. Sex Walker, seven. Just when we thought Charlie Kerno got a bit, a little bit of rush on him, um, he kicked seven against their rivals in the showdown. So Man. a bit of a shockwave running through Port Adelaide at the moment. Um, uh, four goals for Evans in that. Fogarty got two goals, two disposals. Jordan Dawson, 34. Matt Crouch, 32. Uh, Malera, 32 as well. Zach Butters in the losing game. Uh, 32. Takeaways, Jerry? The Crows aren't out of it either, Jerry. Yeah, yeah. Well, I counted them out last week, but obviously from that astounding win against Port Adelaide, who have been playing extremely well, then I think, you know, give it a few weeks and we'll see there, but still breathing room. Anyway, move on to Sunday's uh, Sunday. games. Um, we got St Kilda defeating Hawthorne, so... Lean's very happy with this. Um, 19-8, 122, defeated Hawthorne, 14-9, 93, 
at Marvel. Talk us through that game. Yeah, so the Saints were on fire from the first quarter, smashing Hawthorne in the midfield, scoring five goals from centre bounces, which is actually quite funny because Hawthorne are probably their main asset is their midfield. They've been great. John Newcomb leading from the front all year. But um, and also the Saints have probably been the worst midfield in the comp for the whole uh, for the whole season. So that was a big surprise. And then Hawks made a late comeback by winning contested ball as well, being a little bit more efficient going inside fifty with Luke Bruce kicking six goals, and then Brad Crouch he had one of his best games for the Saints really. Um, I've been a harsh critic, but credit to him, he was fantastic. The Butler, four goals. Yes, very uh, accurate. Three goals for Crouch. And Higgins has been probably quiet this season, I think. Um, two goals, three from him. Uh, despite, yeah, Wangali Malira, 33. And as you say, Brad Crouch, massive. Uh, th- that was the one win <laughs> that I thought the Hawks were going to get this week. The one upset that I thought would get up, and it was not the one that got up in the end. So St Kilda. Just hanging on by a thread in the finals. It's going to be interesting, the game on the weekend. Uh, at the MCG, 32 points to uh, Melbourne. Pretty comfortable for them um, in the end. And the Tigers are staying at Petty. Got six goals. Uh, Van Ruyen, four goals. Massive from him. And Melksham, four goals. So finally, a bit of the forward line. <laughs> Actually yeah. scoring some consistent goals. Where does this leave um, Richmond, Dustin Sam? Martin. Sorry, what? Where does this leave Richmond? This loss? Uh, no, I don't think. Out of all these contending extra teams, they're not one of them. Yeah, they're done. Done? All right. Done. No chickens. Calling it. Oh. Is that worth uh, a chicken, Liam? I think it has merit. Okay. But um, more on Brody Grundy <laughs> with Petty kicking six goals and Brody Grundy only managing 11 touches and zero goals for Casey on the weekend. It's going to be very tough for Brody Grundy oh, to no. make a comeback. Yeah, Sammy that's not, not great. Uh, but I, I think there's rumours he will get picked up by another club to play his actual role as a Ruckman. That's... Because uh, not, pl- not many Poor players man. are transferable like that. Right. Anyway, I'm sorry. Last this game whole third and club, um, Jerry. Oh, no. Yeah, well, I Jerry. Yeah, I did tip against... My heart breaks, <laughs> Jerry. Yeah. Unfortunately, West Coast um, just piled on with goals um, in that third term and North being scoreless in that third quarter really cost us. The premiership quarter, as I always mentioned, so we lost 10-12-72 to 10-7-67 by five points. I thought Paul Curtis could have kicked that goal in the dying minutes, but he didn't even make the journey from 40 out. So um, sad, but oh, Sheasel was no. the shining light again, 31 touches. I reckon he could win oh. Rising Star with Ashcroft gone. Yeah, I think that's yeah. likely now. Can we take a moment to appreciate a sentence that has not been said this year, and that is West Coast piling in on the goals. <laughs> well, it was against North Melbourne, so it's not surprising. Um, Still a funny All right, sentence. let's look at the ladder from the bottom. We'll start off West Coast, North Melbourne. Hawthorne, Fremantle, Gold Coast Suns, Essendon, Adelaide, Richmond, Sydney, and Geelong. And the top eight, Western Bulldogs, Carlton, GWS Giants, St Kilda, Melbourne, Brisbane, Port, and Collingwood. This is going to be a thrilling end to the season, and I can't wait for Don't worry, Jerry. Don't worry, Jerry. North will get a win this week. (laughs) 
I reckon we've squished some times in for Minute Mondays if you want to do it, Jason. Uh, do you know what? I think I'd rather listen to the hoist right now tonight, but uh, are, you, are you sure we got, I think, what, do you know what? I reckon Liam's he's done a good One job. One minute. Let's go. One minute. Hit the thing then. And now the sports capital becomes the quiz capital. It's the sports desk. Minute Mondays. All right. Who's in? You want to do it, Jerry? Who's Liam. in? Liam's in. Oh, boy. Sam, you going to join in? It is World Cup general nah, knowledge this week. You're going to sit out? Come on, it's World oh, Cup, actually, Sam. I'll, I'll, I'll stay in. I'll stay in. Let's do it. Test your buzzers one more time, please. Jerry. Liam. Sam. Excellent. We'll put 60 seconds on the clock, and here is the FIFA World Cup general knowledge quiz starting now. Before reunification, how many World Cups were won by West Germany? Jerry. Jerry. Four. Three. Which year saw the first ever Women's World Cup? Jerry. Jerry. 1999. 1991. Which group was Australia a part of in the 2010 South Africa World Cup? Group Sam. D. Oh, Sam. Group D. <laughs> As of 2023, what is the most recent World Cup final to be decided during extra time, not penalty shootout? Liam. Liam. <laughs> 2019. 2014. Sweden has been men's World Cup runners-up at least how many times? Jerry. Jerry. Zero. Once. Who did Croatia defeat 2-1 in the semi-final of the 2018 World Cup? Jerry. Jerry. Argentina. England. This year's Women's World Cup is which numerical edition in its history? Jerry. Jerry. Seven. It is the ninth (laughs) edition of the Women's World Cup. No one scored a point. I think that was just a Jerry quiz. Jerry has just walked off set, Sam. (laughs) Oh, He's no. lost the plot. All right, well, that's where we're going to have to leave it. <laughs> Nil, Sam. Thanks very much for joining us. We're going to do. This has been the sports desk. We're going to do another Monday World Cup next week, Sam. Edition. We'll be back on Friday, 5 p.m. Catch us the podcast. Catch us on sin.org.au sports desk as well. Massive week ahead. See you soon. Reviews and previews this AFL season, listen to the Sports Desk, live Fridays and Mondays 5pm on SIN, 90.7 FM, and on syn.org.au.